Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Hello to everyone who's listening uh, on SiriusXM On Demand or on the John Fugelsang Podcast or the SiriusXM app. You know, this show has a Facebook page and you guys can like it. It's Tell Me Everything with John Fugelsang on SiriusXM. You can find it wherever you find your Facebook. Please catch that. Also, we have a new video out today. It's deeply offensive. Uh, part of my caffeinated series It's up on the Political Voices Network YouTube page. It is uh, about Ron DeSantis. I play him horribly, but the wig is excellent. It's a video called Don't Say, Don't Say Gay. It's deeply offensive, and you probably shouldn't watch it. But if you do, please feel free to share it with everyone you know who lives in Florida. Because <laughs> it's exactly the kind of tribute Ron DeSantis deserves. I actually think my impression of him is eerily accurate. Also, tomorrow night's show is going to be really special. We have been celebrating uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Month, and we have had some great guests, but we've also been recording some terrific interviews in advance of a special we're doing tomorrow evening, and it's going to be focused mainly on AAPI Appreciation Month with, you ready for this, George Takei, who was with us a couple of weeks ago and tells his story of being pulled from his home at age five and thrown into a American internment concentration camp with his family and other Japanese Americans. Mia Ives Rubley, who works for Center of American Progress, and she is an activist for both uh, Asian Americans and for uh, disabled Americans. She's got an amazing life story. She was adopted um, when she was very young by uh, American parents from Korea, and she has become an activist uh, who's very heroic in multiple realms. And we had an amazing conversation about the persistent stereotypes that Asian Americans have to deal with every day, including why the model minority stereotype makes people's lives a lot harder. Also, the noted economist, Francis Fukuyama, who wrote the book Liberalism and Its Discontents, one of the smartest guests we have ever had. And I managed, I think, 
to convince him that I wasn't a complete dope. He followed me on Twitter afterwards, so I, I feel pretty good about it. And then Panthea Lee, who has the most amazing cover story uh, in the nation this month um, about violence against Asian women and uh, how it has been an epidemic for a very long time. All four of these interviews will be packaged tomorrow. And after that, a special conversation with one of our favorite friends, the great Kelly Carlin. Have you seen Chad Apatow's beautiful movie about George yet? It's wonderful. Uh, it's on HBO right now and HBO Max. I highly recommend it. Kelly's done the show before, but um, there's never been a Carlin documentary like this. And you're not going to want to miss tomorrow night's show. There was a lot I wanted to talk about tonight. And we're going to get to everything. Ray Liotta and his horrible loss. A lot of folks died today, by the way. I, I, like, I don't know what was going on today, but it was a, a terrible day. Uh, Depeche Mode founding member and keyboard player Andy Fletcher died at age 60. Um, founding member of, uh, 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 of, yes, Alan White, who played keyboards. He died today as well. Alan White also played on George Harrison's All Things Must Pass album. He played piano on John Lennon's Imagine album. You, if you listen to the piano part on, on uh, Instant Karma, that's Alan White. It's a great loss. Um, and, and of course, I wanted to talk all week. All week I wanted to talk about this commission that's renaming the Confederate bases. And it's the three-month anniversary of Russia invading Ukraine. But of course, you guys know there's only one story this week. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, let's do a show. I want to begin by saying, stop calling Ted Cruz a coward. Can we stop that? Okay, I'll tell you why. We're just beginning to get a sense of the horror of this elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas that killed 19 children and two teachers and claimed another life today. And it's coming into greater focus amidst all these revelations about the attack, like that the gunman barricaded himself in a fourth grade classroom where most of the victims died, while all the good guys with guns stayed outside for 40 minutes to an hour, letting the slaughter happen. But let's start with Ted Cruz. He's supposed to appear at the NRA's convention this weekend. And you may have already heard the clip of Ted getting really upset when an actual journalist did something that you never do around Ted Cruz, and that's commit an act of journalism. And press him on gun laws and why mass shootings only happen in America. Now, look, if you listen to this channel, you already know what Ted Cruz is. He's what happens when a televangelist fucks the ShamWow guy. That's the unholy spawn of that union. And I apologize for that imagery. But he walked away from a British journalist question today, two days after this massacre in his own state. He was attending a vigil for the victims of the Robb Elementary School shooting. And then he made the mistake of talking to Sky News reporter Mark Stone, who is unlike the kind of reporters Ted usually talks to, a reporter. Mark Stone asked him about overhauling gun laws in the U.S., and Ted tried to dismiss it all by saying it's just politics. Well, from there, it got even better. Give a listen. This is A6, Sky News reporter Mark Stone, cock-blocking Ted Cruz's revoltingly fake, empathetic press moment and photo op at the sh uh, over the shooting by asking the kinds of questions that only a foreign correspondent would dare ask. There are 19 sets of parents who, who are never going to get to kiss. Here's the fake Christian part, tonight, the platitude. Is, the, is this the moment to reform gun laws? You know, it's, it's easy to go to politics. But it's important. It's at the heart of the issue. I, I get that that's where the media likes to go. No, it's not. It's where many of the people we've talked to here like to go. The proposals from Democrats in the media, inevitably, when some violent psychopath murders people. A violent psychopath who's able to get a weapon so easily. 18-year-old with two 
AR-15s. If you want to stop violent crime, the proposals the Democrats have, none of them would have stopped this. But why does this only happen in your country? I really think that's what many people around the world just, they cannot fathom. Why only in America? Why is this American exceptionalism so awful? You know, I'm sorry you think American exceptionalism is awful. I think I, this I think, aspect, I think, I think this I think, aspect you know of it. You get your political agenda. No, it's God, honestly, God love you. Senator, it's not. I just want to understand why he walks you do not away. think that guns are the problem. Why is this just an American problem? It is just an American problem, sir. Mr. Cruz, why is America the only country that faces this kind of you know what? mass shooting? But you can't answer that. Can, you can't answer that, can you, sir? You can't answer that. Why you know, is this Why country? is it that people come from all over the world to America? Because it's the freest, most prosperous, safest country on maybe earth. The, and it may be the freest, it may be the most popular. Why are our kids dying in <laughs> And he runs away. So listen, here's the deal. Stop calling Ted a coward. Because we already know he's a coward. Anyone who can spell your correctly knows Ted Cruz is a coward. Look at how he groveled before Donald Trump after Trump insulted his wife. My God, Will Smith, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. I saw Donald Trump attack Ted Cruz's wife's appearance and Ted smacked himself. We know he's a sycophantic toady. Let's stop calling Raphael a coward, though, and let's start calling U.S. journalists who don't ask basic, simple questions over and over until they get an answer because they're afraid of losing access. Cowards. It's really simple. Here's the question. You ready? Every Republican politician running for office this year needs to be asked. Is Salvador Ramos being able to buy two AR-15s on his 18th birthday acceptable to you? That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. Mitch McConnell has taken one million two hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars from the NRA. Ron Johnson, one million two hundred sixty-nine thousand. Marsha Blackburn, one million three hundred six thousand. Tom Cotton's taken almost two million. Rob Portman's taken over three million. Joni Ernst has taken three million one hundred twenty-four thousand dollars from the NRA. Marco Rubio, three million three hundred three thousand. And Mitt Romney. Oh, Willard is the champion of them all. Over the course of his career, 13647676 dollars the NRA has given to Mitt Romney. Yeah, Mitt, that's how much your soul costs. It's not enough to just be better than Trump. I'm really tired of liberals acting like Mitt Romney is some enlightened, decent Gandhi figure. Ted Cruz has gotten $176,274 from the NRA. You factor in the 4,000 gun deaths, Ted Cruz got $44.06 from the NRA for every gun death in Texas last year. $44.06 Ted Cruz had to not care about a dead Texan. You know, first they came for Ted Cruz. And I said, oh, here, have him. And then they said, oh, wait, we, we don't want this. And I said, ah, too late, bitches. You're stuck with him. Take him. This is bigger than Ted Cruz, of course. This massacre is the worst school shooting in our country since the massacre at Sandy Hook in Connecticut in 2012. Days after his 18th birthday, this kid had legally bought two AR-15-style AR rifles and hundreds and hundreds of rounds of ammo a week before the slaughter. Moms Demand Action held a rally outside the Capitol today. Here's founder Shannon Watts drawing battle lines between gun lobbyists and the passionate parents who will destroy them. If I've learned anything from the courageous gun violence survivors who show up and do this work every single day, it's this. We will win this fight 
because parents fighting to keep their kids safe will always out-organize, out-work, and out-vote gun lobby executives fighting for their profits. We will never give up. Now, in spite of what you hear, Democrats know there's no gun control measures that have a chance in hell of breaking a filibuster in the Senate. They know it. There's nothing they can do. So they tried to do something else, authorizing the government to just investigate domestic terrorism, which the FBI says is a rising threat. The House passed the bill, remember last week, to create domestic terrorism offices across three federal agencies. Democrats said this could be bipartisan. It's a concrete step. We, it's beyond offering thoughts and prayers to these cities ravaged by mass shootings. And today, the Republicans in the Senate blocked it. It had nothing to do with guns. Nothing to do with guns, but the Republicans said it was too soon to address the recent mass shootings with new legislation. And guys, anytime a Republican says it's too soon, it's always too late. Coward, Senator Kevin Kramer said this could lead to targeting of conservatives, and he dismissed the bill as trying to take advantage of people's grief. No restrictions on guns whatsoever. That's how hard it's going to be. That's why nothing's going to happen, guys. Nothing's going to happen until every American knows someone who's been killed violently by guns. That's it. This is normal. It's not going away. It's like having your identity stolen or herpes or Kardashians. It's never going to leave. And now, of course, Texas is finally scrutinizing law enforcement. We'll talk about this tonight. Why was it that it took between 40 minutes to an hour for Border Patrol agents to break into the classroom and kill this 18-year-old while cops with guns stood outside? Children are paying for this mutated concept of gun rights with their lives and the death toll went up today two days after Irma Garcia was killed in the shooting she was the teacher her husband of 24 years Joe Garcia died of a heart attack or what his family calls a broken heart he went to his wife's memorial today and suffered the heart attack afterwards she lost her life she was 49 years old and she died defending children from a teen gunman who had a gun because George W. Bush let the assault weapons ban end who had a gun because Governor Abbott lowered the age of purchase to 18. And she's dead because of those Republicans. She and one other teacher and 19 children. And today, her husband, her high school sweetheart, father of their four children, had a heart attack and died. Four more orphans. Add one more name to the body count. And of course, this is because we live in a country where 41 votes beats 59 votes. That's the Senate. The filibuster allows the losing minority who represent 40 million fewer Americans to rule the country. 50 Republican senators blocking Democratic bills that might make fewer Americans die. Republicans are not pro-life. They're not Christian. They're not patriots. They'd rather preserve the flow of NRA donations than close the gun show loophole. So he, I, I want to close with this, and then we'll take your calls. Herschel Walker. They, they asked Herschel Walker today how to stop school shootings. Now, here's the deal. Every time you let Herschel Walker open his mouth, it's revealed that he's a stupid man with head injuries. And he only got the nomination because he is a black man who is a celebrity, and Donald Trump picked him. So now he's the Senate GOP nominee in a critical swing state. And uh, Politico ran cover for him so hard. Politico said, this isn't the first time Walker's answers to easy to predict questions have sounded a bit garbled and confusing. A bit garbled and confusing? Give a listen. See, there is a person wielding that weapon 
you know, Cain killed Abel, you know, and, uh, you know, and that's the problem that we have. And I said, what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. You know, he talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at uh, women that's looking at uh, just social media? What about doing that, looking into things like that, and we can stop that that way? But yet they want to just continue to talk about taking away your constitutional rights. And, and I, I think there's more things we need to look into. This has been happening for years, and the way we stop it, by putting money into the mental health field, by putting money into uh, other departments rather than departments that want to take away your rights. A department that can look at young men, that's looking at women, that's looking at social media. This, this is who's leading Raphael Warnock in the polls. Herschel Walker is making unqualified lying wife beaters with head injuries look bad. And here's the point. Herschel Walker's ex-wife accused him of choking her until she fainted. He held his wife at gunpoint and said, I'm going to blow your fucking brains out. And that's the choice of the good Christian Republicans of Georgia. How about Eric Greitens, former governor? Uh, Missouri now running for Senate. He beat his wife and his three-year-old. His wife said in court, she accused him of knocking her down, taking away her phone and her keys, physically abusing their children and threatening suicide if she didn't support him during the scandal that led to him resigning as Missouri's governor. He did resign over claims that he sexually, brutally sexually assaulted and blackmailed his mistress, who was his hairdresser. And he tied her up and he took pictures of her and he threatened that he would reveal the pictures if she ever told anybody. Like even Josh Hawley said at the time, if you hit a woman or a child, you belong in handcuffs, not the U.S. Senate. It's time for Eric Greitens to leave this race. And Greitens asked for a restraining order against Josh Hawley to stop the investigation. Greitens went on to Steve Bannon's show and said his ex-wife had conspired with rhino Republicans to smear him and that the news story would come out to connect the dots directly to Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell wouldn't comment because if he gets the nomination... This ex-governor who resigned in disgrace for abusing his wife, his children, and his mistress. Mitch McConnell will not criticize him and will endorse him. What about Sean Parnell? Long before Trump endorsed Dr. Oz, Trump endorsed Sean Parnell, a man who said a woman can't be successful or happy without a man. Sean Parnell's wife testified in court that he nearly choked her unconscious, trapped her in the house, wouldn't let her live, leave, and badly beat his kids. His wife testified that Sean Parnell left marks on his kids, choked her out, tried to force her to have an abortion, and used to write fiction books about beating up women. That's the guy Trump endorsed for Senate before Dr. Oz. How about Max Miller? Trump endorsed him in his Ohio Republican House primary, even though his ex-girlfriend, Stephanie Grisham, who worked in the Trump White House, accused him of physical abuse. She wrote about it in her book. I'll take your questions now. What I saw at the Trump White House. Max Miller sued to try to ban her from talking about it, and the judge slapped it down. Grisham said the president and first lady seemed totally unfazed about whether there was an abuser, another abuser in their workplace. It didn't seem to register on the president's radar screen as a concern. I could go on. Donald Trump abused women. Roy Moore abused, uh, abused women. This Republican Party used to be about family values. What are they now? What are they now? They stand for turning a blind eye to violence against women. Toxic masculinity. Abuse. Violence against women is acceptable in this party. These men are running and winning. So why should we be surprised that massacres of children are acceptable too? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I'm so happy to welcome Natalia Reagan back to the show. She's an anthropologist, a primatologist, an actor. She's a writer, producer. She's a host. She's a great comic. Uh, she's pretty much done everything. You might know her as one of the all-star co-hosts for Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk. And I'm always happy when she's here to talk about her various live gigs and for another installment of Shit You Can't Say. Natalia, welcome Thank back. Thank you. Wow. I'm just going to take you everywhere to gas me up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for How having you me back. It's great to have oh, you back on the show. You know, I uh, things have been good. I'm back in Los Angeles now, which is a, a, a different, uh, a big change of pace from all those years in New York. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, just wrapping up the semester and and trying to you know sort of make sense of the world burning uh, here in the United States. Yeah, I, I was very curious. You know, as a scientist, as someone who studies primate behavior. What are your insights on on what we witness time and time again in our culture versus other cultures? I mean, I, 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 I would love some anthropological insight as to why we humans keep making the same mistakes and why, even though the majority of us want simple reforms, it, 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 we, we can't get it. I mean, it just seems like what are we doing wrong as monkeys that the other monkeys in the other <laughs> countries aren't doing? Well, the thing is, I mean, there's this idea that we're incredibly aggressive and, and there's a lot of competition within our species, which that can be the case. But at, at the core of it, we're very cooperative. I mean, look at cities like New York, Los Angeles, Tokyo, you know, high density cities. And we seem to get through life seamlessly well. But there are those moments where we have you know, extreme aggression. And a lot of it has to do with mental health, but we see mental health throughout the world. So we have to really look at access to things like uh, assault rifles and uh, other weapons that, you know, you, I, I had an argument with somebody on Instagram today about whether or not, you know, knife uh, knife attacks could have the same amount of effect as a, a gun attack. And it, it, at that point, I was like, I think we're done here. <laughs> I think we're, we're speaking two different languages. Uh, if you think that, you know, a, a man with a knife wielding a knife could do the same damage. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's, I think, why I was excited to to talk with you about shit you can't say. For those who don't mm -hmm. know. Natalia is uh, regularly comes on the show and announces um, all the shit we're not allowed to say anymore. And I've learned a lot, uh, a lot of well-intentioned cultural tropes that we say that usually uh, denigrate uh, indigenous people in this country. Mm -hmm. But you have a special entry tonight that I agree with for more than one reason. Uh, tell us what tonight's shit you can't say anymore is. Tonight, uh, shit you can't say is lone wolf. Lone Wolf is a term we've it's been used in literary references 
for for centuries. And it's usually, you know, somebody that's kind of gone on their own independent beaten path, you know, almost the loner type. But in recent years, it's been used to describe lone wolf attacks. And in fact, hmm? We, we heard that in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Buffalo. I mean, Dylan Roof I, I, in Vegas. Vegas was when, uh, you know, the um, co-founder of Black Lives Matter and Sean King were, were also calling out the fact that this you only hear lone wolf essentially with white shooters. You don't hear it with anybody, uh, any people of color or those that might have even ties to Islam. Really true. When really true. There are. So uh, and, and again, it's a misnomer for many reasons. And, and shit you can't say is not to shame people into, oh, you shouldn't be saying these things. But it's just like, let's look at the history of it and why it's it's problematic. And so, you know, a lone wolf in the wild, you know, wolves are very social animals. And sometimes one will break off, whether maybe they're having issues with the alpha male and female, because the males and females run the show in the group. And they're a lone wolf and they're considered they could be more volatile. They could be sickly, but they're weaker. They're not going to be killing. You don't you don't hear about a wolf like an actual lone wolf killing 20 people. Right. Like that's not going to happen. So it's a misnomer. And it's also really unfair to wolves. Come on. I mean, come on. Thank you. Like wolves are big. Yeah. Rude. Uh, Totally rude. Uh, But also, you know, again, lone wolves don't attack, do they? Lone wolves don't really attack that much. They travel in packs, don't they? They they, yeah, exactly. They're they're pack animals. They can attack. But again, they're you know, it's kind of like uh, compare a lone wolf you know, is a knife compared to a pack of wolves is an assault rifle, right? Like you're not going to kill, you're not going to fell 20 humans with a lone wolf, but you might, if you got a pack of wolves and you, you happen to, you know, stumble upon that party, which doesn't sound like a very good party, but you see it with, uh, you know, usually male, white male shooters get sort of dubbed Always. as this lone wolf Always. rather than a, yeah, you know, they're never the domestic terrorists. Uh, I remember, I think Timothy McVeigh was the first time I heard domestic terrorists uh, applied to a white person. And I was like, oh, wow. OK, finally calling calling it what it is. Uh, but yeah, it's you know, you get it also kind of allows you to romanticize the, and sort of sympathize with these with these murderers, with these terrorists. You know, the uh, Stephen Paddock of, of the Vegas uh, basically uh, right. terrorist attack uh, killed 59 people and people were remembering him as a quiet man who who loved country music it's like no this was a terrorist yeah you know, didn't, and by the way didn't didn't love didn't love country music at all it turns out uh really the the <laughs> worst country music fan in the history of the genre <laughs> right i mean it's just people again and also another but by the, by the way if i may even even that that, that yeah. case was a great misnomer because at the time everyone said oh this was this was the greatest mass killing in history and i was like no it's the greatest mass killing of white people in history yeah. ask an indian about mass killings it's a bit worse oh, than the vegas absolutely. attack with the ar-15 sorry go ahead yeah no, I mean, I, there's numerous genocides that were, have been carried out specifically by white people. It's just the white on white crime is just, ah, you know, a mayonnaise on mayonnaise sandwich that they just can't stomach. And, you know, that's it's something that they don't ever want to accept. But I mean, even the idea of a lone wolf sort of infers the fact that nobody is uh, influencing these these murderers and these terrorists as well. You know, when we have the Buffalo killer basically having a manifesto saying he's a neo-Nazi, which means he's being influenced by a group of individuals. Thank so you. there's no That's such, my yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, how, no, how can he, how can the media call this guy a lone wolf when he was enabled and inspired mm-hmm. by so he literally talks about how during the lockdown he went on 4chan and 8chan he he literally cut and pasted huge parts of his manifesto from the New Zealand 
mass killer. He was enabled to get these weapons because of the NRA and because of right wing politicians and conservative media figures. It filled his head with the white replacement theory. So where does the lone part come in? He seems like the inevitable wolf from this pack. Exactly. No, exactly. And, and, and again, hate does not develop in a vacuum. You know, we're not born filled with hate. It's something that happens over time. And, and that's something that we need to address. But hate, when given the option to buy an AR-15 or an AR-15 style assault rifle, is even more dangerous. So, again, that's why I, I, I'm sick of mental health being used as an excuse for these shootings and these and these terrorist attacks, because uh, there is mental health uh, illness throughout the world. Uh, but when you add that plus you know, easily readily available assault rifles, you got, you know, a, a disaster waiting to happen. I, and you're I taking away say, all accountability. Are, are there any other species of primates that do what we do that just commit mass killing? Oh. I mean, not, not to disagree again, this is one of the things that I, I really think is important to recognize is yes, there are those that create uh, that, um, maybe engage in sort of aggressive behavior. Chimpanzees are known to do, you know, sort of territorial walks and might kill outsiders. But again, they're not killing 20, you know, a group. They're not creating a, that's not like wide scale war, you know, right. which again is not a lone wolf, you know, but no, there's not one individual. And again, this has to do with the fact that access to a weapon that is specifically created to kill multiple individuals. I mean, that's the thing that I can't believe we're having this. I mean, I can't believe the semantic argument, like who cares about with, I mean, I, I understand the second amendment, but again, it says specifically in the second amendment, a well-regulated regulated militia, militia at a time when assault rifles were just, you know, unimaginable, you know, like a musket that, you know, that imagine if that kid walked in there with a musket, I mean, first of all, you know, the, the cops wouldn't have been afraid of him and just tackled him right there. And second of all, he wouldn't have been able to get, you know, a few shots off without having, you know, having to do it again and figure it all out. Exactly. Yeah. They couldn't actually fire off 30 rounds without reloading. Natalia, you're coming to New York to perform. I am. I'm uh, coming out uh, June 1st at the Bell House. So it's going to be the Story Collider Proton. I keep calling it the Protein Prom. Right. Which is a totally different show altogether. It's called the Proton Prom. Uh, but yes, it's going to be a storytelling night um, uh, hosted by Gastor Almonte. Um, there's going to be uh, multiple storytellers and comics there, myself included, uh, and telling stories about how events in our life has been, uh, scientific events in our life have inspired our, um, you know, sort of growth and um, challenges and things of that sort. Naparna uh, Nanshirla will be there, Ken Ono, Nicholas uh, St. Lafleur, or sorry, St. St. Fleur, excuse me, um, and myself. So you'll get to Fantastic. hear about getting me getting hit by a truck. Um, one oh. thing I just wanted to say real quickly is, is as an anthropologist also just to give hope, humans are very plastic. We can evolve very quickly. So when we see changes like what happened in Scotland, New Zealand, uh, Japan in 1946, when they you know banned weapons there, um, and Australia, Australia. We have seen massive changes and, you know, basically the elimination of gun violence. Uh, you know, Japan might see 10 gun deaths a year. I mean, they have a population right. of 127 million. I mean, yeah. come on. You know, so I think we're, we're but they don't have any mental. Ill they, they have no mental illness or violent video games in Japan. Right. There's none whatsoever. It, there, none. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> no <laughs> but American individualism. Yeah, I think Americans just think we're so special that we deserve our guns. But it's if we you know, we can change. It's 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 possible. Natalia, it's brilliant to see you. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you in your work? 
Okay. You can find me on TikTok at Behold Natalia, also on Instagram, on Twitter at Natalia 13 Reagan, and uh, come to the Bell House next week. It'll be fun. I was just there last week. I can't wait for your show. Thank you so much for joining us. Please teach me how to do TikTok, and I will talk to you very soon. Okay, let's do that. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John saying, Let's get to the phones. Y'all have been very patient. Jeff in Illinois, thank you so much. Uh, hey, John. Hello. Hey. In, uh, 1974, I volunteered to go to Vietnam. And because uh, our, our mission back then was to uh, clean up, pack up, send back equipment, things like that. Yeah. If anything was left out in the field, we were going to destroy it or bring it back. And uh, while I was there, I earned a battlefield commission, a combat infantryman's badge. What happened? And um, when, we were out in the, when we were out in the field, uh, we would... Uh, uh, sometimes we would encounter uh, what we called at that time the enemy, and um, all of our battles were close quarter, close quarter combat where you could sometimes you feel their blood get on you. Jesus. And uh, I commanded at that time 69 people, 69 men. I had a had a platoon of 52 men, and uh, I'm proud to say that every man I commanded in the battlefield did not suffer any physical injuries ever. And um, didn't know about mental injuries back then. Of course, of course. And, um, yeah. And uh, so um, what happened was that um, uh, I resigned my commission in, uh, July, in July of 1975. And um, I've never picked up a weapon since that time. None at wow. all. Wow. Wow. And um, because I know what it is to, to raise a weapon discharge it and watch a man get cut in half and uh it it haunted me for seven or eight years after i came back home i didn't we didn't know what was wrong you know and all the va would do is feed me medicine feed me drugs i took two fistful of drugs twice a day god and um it uh you know and and like you've said let, let people see those pictures and i think that during vietnam you know we were on the news every night. The, the war was on the news every night, and that's what helped that's turn right. people. That's right. Uh, you know, that's why, I, that's I, why I when, they had, when, they, when they had the Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm, they wouldn't let anything be on the news because they remembered. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, like at, when I'm at the, our terminal, I'm a 
I'm a Teamster truck driver now. Thank you and, for your uh, service twice, then. Thank you for your service again. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I always hear these guys talk about, oh, they went out and bought this gun, and, you know, nobody will get into my house. And I just look at them, and I can say, hey, I can see in your eye you would never fire that weapon at a person. You don't have the guts. So um, wow. just kind of my story. And, uh, you know, I've been through uh, three service dogs, and I've, I've learned how to meditate twice a day. Wow. And uh helps helps keep down uh, my need for PSD PTSD what, medicine. <laughs> what 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 was the reason that you first got a service dog, Jeff? My PTSD. Okay, and that was and, that uh, was, wor- and I worked, by, was that through the VA? No, no, no. I work with an organization called Working Dogs for Vets down in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Wow. And uh, they helped train my first one. Uh, this organization has no paid, no paid staff. Um, uh, they train dogs for free. They have a, they, now they have a great big campus in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. They have housing or if you have to come, you know, when you come into, you need to come in to train your dog, they help you with a hotel and things like that. Um, we're supported by Brickstone. And uh, a bunch of companies down in that area, VF. And um, I, I moved to Illinois, so I'm not mm-hmm. as, as I used to. But I, we, we've I trained gotta, many dogs. I got to say, it sounds like you have really, really done the work. It sounds like you have really made sure that you took care of yourself and that you have been able to. It's Hello? not okay. I'm, hi. I don't think you can ever eradicate something like PTSD, yeah. but it sounds like you have really, really done the work and the therapy to take care of yourself and to and to help yourself heal. It's so inspiring to hear your story. As as horrific as your experience was, you sound like you're very at peace and that you've walked many miles and that you've grown a lot and use this trauma to direct your energy towards helping others heal from theirs. I'm a good actor. I know the try. Well, that's have part, the but that's part of it, right? Night. You 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 fake it till you right. make it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's part of knowing, it. Knowing, right? No, knowing knowing when the symptoms are coming on and knowing how to control it. Uh, I do a lot of control by meditation because uh, I don't bring my dog. I don't bring my. I'm training a new service dog right now, and uh, he doesn't. Uh, I can't. The environment I work in uh, is not is not good for an animal. Of course, and um, yeah, and and part of my other. Uh, commitment to help people is that um, uh, I'm a shop steward here, but um, my old local, I was on the board, uh, executive board. I've helped, I helped organize eight different locals or amalgamated locals, different trucking companies. I helped negotiate eight different labor contracts. Wow. Um, it keeps me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I start crying all the That's time. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Like, I have nothing but love for your journey. I'm so inspired by everything you're saying here because look at your whole life. It's all about service. Even when you are, are sent away to do a job and you're, that you thought you'd be safe in and this government makes you do these unholy, horrible things that you never should have had to do and you come back here with all this pain and what do you do? You, you use your energy to give love to other people and to help other people heal. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. It's the most noble yeah. thing we can do with pain. And uh, one more thing I'd like to say is that um, the children that are killed up in uh, Sandy Hook and yeah. Valverde, more lives were lost than the lives I took in Vietnam. And I don't understand it. I feel like I'm back on a battlefield sometimes. Yeah. 
uh, I got to go. Get I'm, I'm driving down the road, and it's hard to hard to steer. I'm really honored you called. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it's not easy. I got nothing but love and respect and admiration for you and your journey. Please call us more often. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jeff. Happy Memorial Day, and thank you for your service over and over again. <sighs> Chris, how do I how do I tell dick jokes after a call like that? I'm just I'm just so humbled by by that man's grace and his kindness and his love and his strength. Just do what I did and go check out WorkingDogsForVets.org and see the people that have helped Jeff out and the work that he helps them do. I'm looking at the site right now. It's pretty amazing. WorkingDogsForVets.org. And when you think about it, you normally think, oh, that's for someone who has a disability. Or, or and we don't think of PTSD as a disability. We we don't think of mental illness as a disability. Um, and it is. And so this is what Memorial Day is all about. Thank you so much, Jeff. 